Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Hello out there, and welcome to the War Room podcast. This is Jacqueline Witt, Professor of Strategy at the U.S. Army War College and the War Room podcast editor. Today, we bring you another episode in our Dusty Shelves series, where we take a closer look at some historical artifacts and documents and think about how they might be relevant in today's environment. We present this as a collaboration with AHEC, the Army Heritage and Education Center, and today's program highlights one of my favorite exhibits at AHEC right now, titled Midnight Drawings, which is a collection of sketches and artwork by Korean Army veteran John Cook. Here with me in the studio to discuss this stunning collection is Jim McNally, who is the curator of art for AHEC and one of the people who knows this collection the best. So Jim, welcome to the War Room. Hello. Great. So let's get started with a very macro level question. Uh, Can you just describe the collection and its creator, the artist, uh, and maybe tell us a little bit about how AHEC comes to have this um, this collection. Absolutely. Uh, John Cook calls this collection his Midnight Drawings, and it's aptly named, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how that came about. But let me tell you uh, how we got these drawings. Uh, the uh, Working as a curator for the Army Heritage and Education Center is a little bit like Uh, being a little bit of a detective, a historian, even a little bit like Professor Jones in the uh, Indiana Jones uh, series. Uh, These uh, drawings showed up on our doorstep. They were wrapped in brown paper uh, uh, with string and addressed uh, to the Army Heritage and Education Center in Carlisle, PA. This happens to us uh, uh, quite a bit as people get to know who we are and what we do, when they come across, it could be family uh, letters uh, from time in service, it could be photographs, it could be uniforms or medals. Uh, At some point in time, uh, like most families, they wonder, well, what what can we do with this? We don't want it to be thrown away. But I have to tell you, when it gets sent here, it becomes part of our collection, and it belongs to the people of the United States. So the Cook drawings show up on our doorstep. Uh, We open the package and it says, Midnight Drawings of John Cook. Now, within that package, uh, there were well over a hundred drawings in that all about the same size. They look as if they were taken from a sketchbook and wrapped up and sent to us. It was a mystery at first until we got to the bottom and we found a wonderful newspaper article written by uh, the Center uh, uh, Times uh, newspaper from State College in an interview with a professor emeritus, John Cook, in 1997 by Barbara Brugeau's. That gave us a lot of the information that we needed. And it opens up and it says the midnight drawings of John Cook. And when you look at these drawings, they're absolutely amazing. They are the drawings that John Cook did from memory on his war experiences in Korea. Now, he produced almost 500 of them, and there are some still missing that we're looking for. But when you look at these drawings, 
you become a witness to that war. They're very hard to look at. Uh, I've had veterans go in and walk out of the exhibit and say, I, I, I've seen enough. I can't look at them anymore. It's wonderful, but I just can't look anymore. The images are so compelling, and they show the hardships and horrors that a young infantryman, John Cook, uh, the experiences that he went through as a platoon leader all those years ago in 1950-51 uh, in Korea. Great. So John Cook, um, like you said, was an infantryman in Korea, platoon leader there in the early part of the war, so before the stalemate sort of emerges. So he's seeing combat and he comes home. Do we know when he did these drawings? Yes. Uh, uh, first of all, let me back up just a little bit. Uh, Cook actually joined the Army at the age of 16, and it was at the end of World War II. So he goes to Europe, and he serves in the Army as a postal clerk. Of course, he gets out after his enlistment of three years, and he decides to go to college. In his first year of college, he actually joins the Reserves. And when the Korean War breaks out... John volunteers for service, and the Army is very quick to snap him up because of his prior experience. Sure. But mind you, he's only 20 years old, but they give him two weeks of training, they make him a platoon sergeant, and he's in Korea leading raw recruits, some as young as the 16-year-old age he was mm -hmm. when he was in the Army once before. Now, why did he do these drawings? Well, after he came home from the war, uh, he couldn't sleep. Uh, he couldn't live with his memories of the war. And uh, this is very, very important because what John actually had, they had no name for it then. They might have called it shell shock or uh, uh, your war experience. But all these men came home alone with that experience. They all bring the war with them. Everybody brings some of it back. And until you're healed from that war, you're never completely home. John says in his uh, notes, he says he tried to drink up all the liquor in the world, but when he found out that didn't work, he decided to draw pictures. So these faces that he calls midnight drawings haunted him for years. As a matter of fact, this collection spans a 46-year uh, time period. And what John remarked in his interview with the Center Daily Times. He says that sometimes uh, these faces, I didn't get to know all their names, they joined my platoon, and many of them were dead by morning, but I'll never forget their faces. And it's those faces that wake me up at night that haunt me, and when I start to draw them, sometimes they'll let me alone, and they'll actually allow me to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Not all the times, but sometimes it does work. Right. So I think this this idea that that John Cook brings the war home with him, that he remembers the faces of the the men and the boys that he served with who were in his platoon, this idea of being kept awake at night. Um, these are all things and that it takes 46 years worth it, that, it, that the process isn't done. Right. It's not a quick process to to deal with um, the trauma of war, the aftermath of it. Given this focus on faces, let's maybe talk um, a little more closely about what the images look like. So I know we're, we're on an audio 
format. Um, but maybe you've, you've brought a picture uh, with you. So maybe we can talk about what we see in this, in this picture. Um, because one of the things that was most striking to me when I visited the exhibit, and I've, I've visited several times, is, is the faces. These are essentially sketches of, of real people in a, in a wide variety. You know, sometimes it's boring, right? Sometimes they're eating. And sometimes it's a scene of, of combat, and sometimes it's, you know, of marching or walking. Uh, so you get a really wide range about what the war is like and what the war experience is like. But can you tell us maybe about this picture that we have uh, in front of us, what we see here? Absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, the uh, subject matter, uh, they're all uh, very stark uh, uh, hard to look at sometimes, and they're done in black and white in pencil. And uh, Cook tried doing some color at one time. He said, but it just didn't feel right. He said, Korea wasn't very colorful for me. I still remember it in bleak black and white terms. Now, when you look at the drawing, and I'm going to have you look at this with me, uh, you can see that the style is uh, is a... Uh, uh, they would call this an art school sketching from life. Uh, often things like this would be done for preparatory uh, work for paintings. But in Cook's cases, they never became paintings. These all, every single one of them, is an attempt for Cook to come to terms with that war, to remember what happened in that war, and to never forget the men that he fought and the men that died in that war. Cook's intention was that uh, he would do this, uh, make a portfolio, have it published, and honor the service of American veterans. So when we look at the drawings, we see the immediacy of it. You know, there's a lot of sketching lines, and, and uh, you can see where he tries to find the form, and you see the outline for the arm maybe drawn six or seven times. Mm -hmm. And pencil marks, it's somewhat abstract because it's black and white. But the pencil marks that we're looking at uh, describe the event. And I'm going to have you look at it just now, Jackie, and tell me what you see when you look at it. Right. So the the first thing I notice is the the stare. There's two men, right in the in the picture. There's a soldier, and he's cradling another soldier who has been wounded. And the first thing I notice are the the eyes of the soldier who's holding uh, his wounded comrade. It's they're it's almost like they're looking right at you, but they're not quite looking right at you, right? They're sort of off, um, off the page. But it, it, it captures this moment um, almost in a sort of photographic way, even though the, the style itself isn't at all photographic, right? The edges are blurry, and the, it's sort of impressionistic at the same time. Uh, but the intensity of, of, the, of the eyes... In the in the subject that's in the middle is is just really quite quite overwhelming um, to me. You can't you can't take your eyes off of it either. Um, and so that to me that's the that's the thing I, I notice. And you also notice how everything sort of in some ways blends together. I guess too that the the tones and the lines uh, are not always discrete. They're not always um, right the 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 bodies and the forms are sort of bleeding off into the into the page they basically match the background uh, so there's not a lot of differentiation uh, other than some some shading here and there 
So it's it's a it's just quite a striking image. Um, I uh, I can really appreciate uh, your comments on the stare, because you're absolutely right. That stare is looking right at you, but moreover, right through you and right past you. Mm-hmm. It's what only another infantryman could ever understand, and it's that thousand-yard stare that that they, they often talk about. Right. He's looking so far into the future, past everyone, but he's right at the moment. And he is cradling his comrade. And the pencil marks indicate looks like he's been wounded uh, in the neck and head and chest. And uh, the, it is a moment in time. And it's, uh, uh, sometimes John would, uh, he would put the date down that uh, this event happened and uh, and remember now, uh, uh, these are done from memory. So you don't always see the background. You don't always see the, and it does blend and all become one image out of a mind's eye. You know, you would remember the significant event and that's mm-hmm. what's happening here. And you were so right in pointing that out. Uh, that drawing, uh, uh, as I said before, many of John's drawings are inscriptionless. They don't have titles. They don't mm-hmm. have names. But they speak volumes in the event. And you share that horror and hardship when you look at these. Right. And you can only imagine what it must have been like to hold uh, men that are wounded and dying. And the other thing is and sometimes, John, on some of these there's an inscription. He'd put a date when this happened. He'd put the name if he remembered it. Most of the times he didn't. Mm-hmm. And this one simply says, uh, John Matson down. And then the, the real telling uh, comment, he says, uh, can you read that? Uh, sure. I'm looking at it upside down. Sure, I, I've got the better angle. It says, we got him home, but some 15 years, late 60s, he committed suicide. Um, and that's, that's in pencil sort of at the top of the, of the drawing. And so that adds another layer of complexity um, and interest and and um, depth and and tragedy really to this to this image to know that the the wounded soldier got home alive but perhaps not whole right mentally and physically and I'm 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 tearing up uh, even just looking at it now. That's, um, that's such a compelling uh, comment. Uh, uh, yeah, he was not uh, whole physically and mentally. And you can see that all those years later, some 15 or so years later, that John Matson uh, uh, also is a, uh, is a, uh, is a victim uh, of uh, dying from the right. war. Maybe not on that day, but in years hence. Uh, is a war casualty. He's a war casualty, nonetheless. yes. And, of course, this happens again and again and again to men that, uh, that try to live their lives broken, uh, both physically and mentally. Now, John Cook, for all his anxiety and anguish, he had an outlet. He was able to draw. You know, he, was, he was actually head of the uh, sculpture department at Penn State for 20 years. And he had this mission. You know, it was his own sort of therapy, if you will, was to draw your way well again. Mm-hmm. And by recognizing the, the evil, by recognizing the, the problem, sometimes it's... Uh, it's the first step in your own therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems to me one of the things that, that I would take away from this 
collection and from from the discussion we've just had is the the wide variety of ways that people that veterans deal with their experience of of war and that that anyone who who has post traumatic stress um, will will find outlets and like you said John Cook himself said he tried to 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 drink his way out we know that uh, addiction can be can be a problem but we also know that people find therapeutic value in writing in art in talking with other veterans in finding a community of people uh, who can share that that experience and that these these issues are not unique to any uh, to any specific war, to any time or place, that these are these are ways that veterans have always um, processed and dealt with the 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 traumatic experiences that war can can engender. Um, and so for for Cook, art was like you said, the outlet, the therapy, the therapeutic value. What if we if we turn to think about our twenty first century leaders? Uh, people who have experienced war, people who have been on multiple deployments, who have seen uh, seen things and 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 perhaps done things that that perhaps still haunt them, uh, who have led men and women in combat. What do you think are the the value that they would get from going to see this collection or sort of grappling with some of the issues that that we see? in John Cook's artwork? That's a very thought-provoking question, Jackie. And when I look at this work and I read some of the writings of John Cook, and remember I said uh, uh, many of these men come home alone to face, face their, uh, their stress, uh, their post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, John even writes, he says he, didn't, he, he only realized later when they gave it a name, that that's what he had. And of course, the, we all know that one of the ways to getting well again is to face the problems that you have and uh, be aware of it and know that you need therapy of some sort uh, in order to get well again. And that's, that's what John did. He drew to get well again. He drew to come to completely home again to be here. The, uh, the thing, the lesson that I see is that uh, our leaders now and in the future, uh, and I'm sure many of them are aware of it now, but the trauma and the care uh, uh, that uh, our veterans uh, uh, face and need help with uh, is very significant. And I can give you a couple of uh, examples uh, uh, of, of numbers. Uh, I believe there was 2.7 million veterans from the Iraq and the wars in Afghanistan in our current ops now. And uh, out of all those men and women that were in combat, a full 20% of them, they believe, are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, half of those people uh, are getting attention and medication, but a full half of them are choosing uh, Substance abuse and, and alcohol is their own way of dealing with this problem. So future commanders and leaders and the people of our nation need to know and recognize 
that if they are going to send men and women into combat, they have to take care of them when they come home. They just can't, uh, just can't forget about them because those people are part of our communities and they affect our communities. They can make our communities uh, well again also. And it's another known factor that many of these, these uh, post-traumatic stress uh, veterans are homeless. That on any given night, there's 40,000 homeless veterans wandering the streets of America. So the great lesson here is that, one, if you come to see this collection, and you can come and ask to see it, uh, is that you, will too, will be a witness of the war in Korea. Uh, you'll, you'll start to understand the hardships and horrors that, uh, that men and women face in combat. And you'll also, hopefully, come to an understanding that you, too, as an American citizen, owe a great deal of gratitude to these people that put their life in harm's way that, so that we can live the life that we live here today. We owe them that. So the, I think the, the expression of, of care and concern and empathy for, for our veterans, for people who, as you said, are in our communities, who are our neighbors and brothers and sisters and children and mothers and fathers, um, this is a critical part of, of who we, who we are. And so this, this art collection sort of, I think helps bridge that, um, divide in some ways. And it, it, it opens up, uh, for, for civilians like me, it opens up a window into, into the past, into understanding, uh, into, into gaining that sort of empathetic view as well. And I think it has, I, I'm sure it has different, uh, effects on on veterans, on people um, who who bring their own perspectives and their own uh, experiences and ideas about war and combat, about the past, about the the Korean conflict, uh, or whatever it is. It also strikes me um, that with, as you said, our our veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan, this issue of of post traumatic stress, um, of how we as Americans treat. Uh, veterans and, and soldiers who return home with invisible wounds of war. Um, in some ways, it's it's easy to comprehend uh, someone who loses a limb or who has a visible sort of injury. But we have we have many who who are among us um, whose war wounds are not so visible. And certainly, this this has been emphasized. With the with the military forces' emphasis on reducing the number of, of veteran suicides, on the treatment of post-traumatic stress, on the study of traumatic brain injury, that these are all things that we owe um, the community of, of veterans who, who, like you said, are part of our part of our community. Um, I want we'll, we'll close uh, soon, but I want to give you one last chance. And, and to remind us, um, if people are in Carlisle, can you can you let them know how they can see this collection and where where they can find it? The uh, collection, uh, which was called John uh, Cook, uh, haunted by memories, his midnight drawings. Uh, the exhibit has come down now, okay, for and has been returned to storage for its safekeeping. 
However, if you wanted to come and take a look at this work, you'd simply give us a call here at the AHAC. Look us up on the, on the web at the usahec.org, and you could contact us that way. We would make arrangements for you to come in and see this work. Uh, one of the last things that I want to say is I want to thank John Cook uh, for living the life he did and doing the drawings that he did because we now can look at those and we can understand a little bit better of the, the war experience uh, of our combat veterans. And uh, I think what he did was, was invaluable. Thank you. I agree. Thanks so much for your time. And we're signing off from the War Room podcast. Thank you, Jack. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.